Have you ever had a fantastic experience with healthcare? What about a not so great one? Well, here at the Alenia Life Podcast, we're going to talk about it. The Alenia Life Podcast, a production of the Alenia Collective, exists to be a public resource to you, the listener, who at some point or another has been a patient of this crazy thing we call the healthcare system. Co-hosts and doctors of physical therapy, William Mills and Joey Rosie, interview experts in the fields of physical rehabilitation, fitness, and medicine, as well as the athletes and patients on their experiences with the good, the bad, and the ugly of healthcare. I was happy with that one. The topics discussed in this podcast should not be considered medical advice or a means of diagnosis. If you're in need of medical attention or advice, seek a licensed healthcare professional. Conversations in the Alenia Life podcast are intended for adult audiences only, and though we keep most topics professional, there is occasional strong language. Hey everyone, William here. Uh, today's episode, episode 11, is with Mike Reinold. Mike Reinold is a physical therapist, a strength coach, performance enhancement specialist, and owner of Champion Physical Therapy and Performance in Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. Today's episode comes from the Musings Tour 2018. Uh, this was the midway point. I spent a few days in Boston, um, got to hang out with a bunch of cool people. You'll be hearing two more episodes after this coming from Boston. I got to eat clam chowder. I got to go to a Red Sox game in Fenway, which was crazy, which was way smaller than I expected in comparison to uh, seeing the Astros as a kid. Um, but it was super fun. Um, Mike, he's a he's a leader in the field of sports medicine, rehab, fitness, and sports performance. He, um, he has an extensive background in sport biomechanics, movement quality, uh, muscle imbalances, manual therapy, and he specializes in all aspects of human performance. Um, at Champion, they see a lot of different baseball players, Mike specifically. And um, Mike's background started in Alabama working under Dr. Andrews um, at the... Let's see. American Sports Medicine Institute in Birmingham uh, is the name specifically. And he, he's he's treated all kinds of athletes. Um, it's just it's just a ton. Well anyway, so we sat down over Mike's lunch, we talked about shoulders, we talked about his experience watching the fall of Health South, <laughs> the Mecca of Health South in the South, um, as well as youth sports injuries, MRIs, so much good stuff, so much good stuff. Um, and we just jumped right into it. So without further ado, thanks for listening guys. Yeah. So started in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh wow. Went up to Raleigh. Is that where you are? That's, so I'm a traveling PT Ah. and I was on contract in in the area. Got it. And I just finished and, um, my, I'm buddies with Zach Gabor. Yeah. Um, and he was like, you should take a road trip. So You get like a sabbatical between your next gig here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be going back to Louisiana, um, working PRN. Nice. And trying to do, kind of launch this idea that I have of 
of the Alinea Collective. So, yeah. like, this is the Alinea Life podcast. Nice. Associated with the Alinea Collective nice. platform. Wow. Um, so I'm just stopping. I yeah. stopped in Raleigh, uh, D.C., Baltimore, New York, now up here. Sweet. And this is as far north as I'm going to go. There's not much else past there. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're good. This is my this is my first time in the, in the northeast. Cool, yeah. yeah. We're a little quicker here. Yeah. We, I lived in Birmingham for a while, so okay. I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about that. How long were you in Birmingham? Is this it? We starting? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Sure. Good. Nice. Uh, well, man, I was in Birmingham for a while. I went down as a uh, student. Um, I did a, um, uh, I went to Northeastern, and Northeastern had, you know, clinicals and a co-op program at the time, so it was a little different. We actually, we actually worked a little bit as well as took classes, so we kind of put the two together. So for one of my work periods, or work quarters, semesters, whatever they're called, um, I went down and I did a research project at the American Sports Medicine Institute down in Birmingham. It's like Dr. Andrews, Dr. Um, James Andrews, Dr. Glenn Fleissig, like kind of their research lab for sports medicine stuff. And, um, you know, I went down there as a student and, you know, ended up um, doing a clinical rotation down there. And then I did a fellowship after I graduated down there with Kevin Wilk. And then from there, I, I, you know, I always kept saying like, I'm just going to Alabama for like three months. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll just go for six more months. Yeah. All right, I'll just go for one more year for the fellowship. Yeah. And then I, I ended up staying down there. I mean, I didn't come back until about 2006. So okay. you know, I was down there for a good uh, almost eight years, kind of total, if you put it all together. So, so did you work at the University of Alabama? No, no. So yeah, You're just I, in Birmingham? Yeah, I started off at University of Alabama is in Tuscaloosa, too. But, you know, yeah. geography aside. Yeah. But, um, but um, no, we, I used to work at a place called Health South. So Health South okay. used to be like the number one PT provider in the world, I think. I think they had over 2,000 clinics at one point in time. And that's always bound to fail, right? So um, it failed. (laughs) And, uh, we, you know, apparently you're not supposed to fraud Medicare. That's like a a big deal in healthcare. We learned learned about that in ethics class. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm sure. Health health self was was an example of what not to do. I lived across the street from corporate. This was the corporate flagship down there. This was like like the Mecca where the CEO was and everything. So I lived literally lived across the street from corporate and I remember driving home one night and you know I'm literally going home and I look over at corporate and I'm like oh um I'm like, I called my wife, and she was my girlfriend at the time, and I was just like, hey, hey, turn on the news. What's going on? Because there's news trucks everywhere. In and front there, of them. And there was like a, a big FBI raid. Oh, that, that was like right. Was so we all go to work the next day. We're like, I don't know what to do. Um, so but, were they still, so they were still in the building when you went uh, to work the next there, day? There's, well, so this is corporate. We worked at like the medical center, oh, but okay. like, you know, two different buildings. Yeah. But no, the raid happened the day before at corporate. It wasn't clinical, you know, and then, you know, we went to work, but we were like, uh... What's happening? Yeah, do we have a meeting? Yeah, exactly, right? Like, uh, you know, I saw the FBI raid. It was on the news last night. So, you know, so you know, we dealt with that. But it was it was an awesome experience, right? We we saw a ton of people. We worked hand in hand with some of the best physicians in the world, which which was amazing because we saw a ton of post ops. We saw a ton of evaluations and rechecks after surgeries and stuff like that. Like your clinical skills would go through the roof in that environment because you see so many people, you know, throughout the day and in in their whole you know, surgical, uh, you know, post-operative course and all that. So you learn so much and, right. and it's highly educational because there's so many docs around, there's fellows around. Um, it was an amazing experience, but don't get me wrong. Like I don't miss treating 30 to 40 people a day yeah. in an eight hour period, which is what we used to do. Yeah. You know, so um, that was a fun experience, but it's good that we've moved on from that. <laughs> do you think 
Do you think that would have burnt you out if you would have kept doing that? I, I think it did burn me out. I think oh, it burnt everybody out okay. in that. And and I didn't. I don't. From the business perspective, they didn't care, right? They didn't right. care that I was burning us out. But I would. I wouldn't ever take it back, you know. Mm-hmm. And look, I would never model something. That's not what we built here at Champion, right? Yeah. But like, I would never take back the experience because it, it's. It, it was a unique experience, and I guarantee you, our our educational level, like your, you know, your first year out of school, it's about like getting comfortable, right? Like I would say, like to progress in this profession, right? Yeah. You, you have to. It starts with a bit knowledge, then it goes to skill, then it goes to experience, and then it finally goes to some judgment, right? And those that's the four levels of advancing in our PT field. You graduate with some knowledge, right? But you don't have any skill, certainly no experience, and definitely not any judgment, right? From there, you go from skill knowledge to now skill because it's reps, right? You do an allotment a hundred times, you get really good at a Lockman test. Yeah. If you do it once a month, you don't, you're don't. you not very good at a Lockman test, yeah. right? So your skill goes up, and then all of a sudden now you, you put some experience with it. So now when people come in front of you, you say like, oh, all right, I've seen this a couple of dozen times. I know, you know, let's 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 go straight to this because I know this was effective the last couple of times I've done it. And finally you have some judgment, right? So I think in that environment, I, I don't discourage people from going to these like outpatient factories that are out there because I think my Progression through that would probably went three times as fast as most people. You know, the worst thing you can do as a new grad in my mind is like, oh, I'm going to start a cash-based practice. I'm just going to see people out of a CrossFit gym. I'm going to put a table in the corner. Mm-hmm. And you see three people, four people a day, right? Your opportunity to learn is so, so limited mm-hmm. that, you know, yes, that's a terrible experience. And I did the best I could with my clinical outcomes with those people. And, yeah. and I had great outcomes. I think we did well in that environment. But I sure don't miss it. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and yeah. I and I would never build a model that way, but yeah. it was it was pretty valuable. But you so know, finding like a middle ground no, between the two students. That's the first thing they always say. Oh, I don't want to work in a busy clinic. I'm like, okay, like nice life, <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's they had, that sounds great, but you know, so there's lots of perks of a busy clinic too. Yeah, and just know, like, look, you may thrive off the speed of that. I know a lot of therapists that love it. Right, they 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 thrive on having you know 25 people on their schedule that way and just grinding through the day. You know and you figure out a way to make it work right and you figure out a way I never sacrificed the care so I didn't see my patients less what happened was the exact opposite I sacrificed myself yeah so meaning I wouldn't go to lunch we'd stay late all the time all my patients were there for like two hours because I just you know there's a lot of waiting or like fillers like go ride the bike for 10 minutes you yeah. know like because like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm doing something with somebody else like yeah. but then you you figure out a way to do it and I suffered my patients didn't suffer I did so you know it's not sustainable but you know you can't expect to go to the perfect work environment in your first job mm-hmm. you know there are there are benefits to everything and I would say in that environment you learn so much that you know most of these these outpatient clinics you know we're going in that that we're going down that route because insurance reimbursement rates are just getting worse. Yeah. Right. So, you're you're ne- we're never going to get to one-on-one care if you continue to take insurance. It's just never going to happen, right? We especially in the state of Massachusetts. Now, Alabama, they were I forget off the top of my head. We we're getting over a hundred dollars a visit, right? In Massachusetts, it's it's almost in the sixties. New York, I think, is like in the fifties. And I don't want to speak out of turn, but yeah. I mean, so you have to see multiple people once you you can't you can't pay rent. Yeah. That was in Alabama. In the mid 2000s. That was that was a while ago. I think it's still that high. I think we were even. We might have been 120 bucks an hour. Okay. I don't. I don't remember. Those are all just like you know hearsay. But uh, they're really high. You know they got great reimbursement in Alabama. Is Massachusetts a direct access state? It is. 
fully full, full direct access. Yeah, and we're full. You know, we we rarely get referrals from doctors. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Boston's such a, a large medical community that every doctor is affiliated with some PT clinic, okay. either because it's built into their hospital system, which is pretty big around here. Yeah. Um, or you know, there's a couple of pops that are out there, but it's 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 mostly just these huge mega hospital systems. Mm-hmm. So you know, they force the docs to you know they pressure them into sending to them only. So um, we've gotten fortunate. We have good word of mouth referral, right? But we're also very strict niches here, mm-hmm. right? So we do get referrals from doctors outside of their medical system when we fit their specific niche. Yeah. Like baseball is baseball. Just, just like a good example. But, you know, yeah. like, you know, we have a bunch of other niches, but mm-hmm. baseball is the obvious one. So that's in, I think that's interesting because you've had such great relationships with physicians over the years, like with Dr. Andrews. Right. That if someone has a baseball player, they wouldn't just automatically think to send them here. Right. Because they're going to get the most experience, the most, right. the highest level of care. Not everybody gets that. We're at, base, we're at the point in baseball now where it's yeah. like, I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I always say I know I'm going to be wrong. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to trick us right now. Like yeah. you're not going to come in and we're going to be like stumped. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, we just, we've done so much within, you know, with my unique back set, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, skill set here with my background, I essentially, you know, I've worked with the post-ops, I've worked with the injured guys, I've worked with the healthy guys for almost a decade. When you put those two together and you understand that player a little bit more, it's, it's eye-opening. Yeah. You know, when you only work with injured people, you think you know what baseball players look like or injured baseball players look like. But then when you realize that the healthy ones look like that too, your whole world implodes on itself, yeah. right? You're like, oh, they all have limited IR. Oh, they all have, a, you know, their right scapular sitting in this position. You're like, hmm. Yeah. So maybe that doesn't dictate pathology. So elaborate a little bit more on that. <laughs> I know. Because, sorry. So we're, I we're going went, off on so a tangent. I went to, no. I, <laughs> tangents, tangents are great. We're all about tangents. So I went to you and Dr. Andrews' uh, lecture at CSM on the shoulder. Oh, nice. And I thought it was awesome to hear about, like, the MRI incidences in younger baseball players. What Speak speak a little bit about that, like to parents who have baseball players who have shoulder pain. Yeah, like, we we see that all the time. So yeah. if you look at the pro guys, um, the, it's over eighty percent of them. If you did an MRI on the asymptomatic pro baseball players, they have labral and rotator cuff pathology. Mm-hmm. So I always ask, like, do you want to be the eighty percent that have it, or like the fifteen twenty percent that don't? Because mm-hmm. you're the anomaly if you don't, right? Like, maybe you need a slap tear. Because I'll tell you, our results with slap repairs and baseball players are not good. So as a whole, right? Or just like what the research shows. What the research shows, and and even ours. I mean, we did the best we could, but like maybe we need a little bit of that slap tear. Maybe that gains some shoulder external rotation that they need to throw. You know, and that surgically addressing that's different. Like we break down baseball really simple and when our patients come in it's an education process the first thing we educate them on is throwing a baseball is bad for you that's it right and once first sentence yep just laying it all out once they know that it's like okay fine so is eating that donut and drinking that coke that you're having we we you accept the risk and you do these things once you know it's bad for you then you ask well why does my shoulder hurt my answer is because you throw a baseball it's not because your scapula is in this position. It's not because this is tight, this is loose, this is weak. It's because you throw a baseball. 
So throwing a baseball is inherently bad for you. There's certain things you can do to um, kind of make that, you know, make that that pain, we'll say, or dysfunction kind of come on faster. And, yeah. there's, and there's some things you can do to slow it down. It's all about your your functional capacity, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that's that goes to almost everything we do. Oh, you have low back pain as a golfer. Well, okay, well, low, you know, golfing puts stress on the back. That doesn't mean avoid it, right? Yeah. But if you golf with tight hips, you're probably going to get to that point a little faster Where because you're going to the back. Yeah. Exactly, right? So it's you know it's we're very clear with what we do. I mean, we kind of call it we do performance therapy here, mm-hmm. and it's it's different, right? It's different than some of these other models. It's different than some of the concepts we're hearing on the internet now about pain science and stuff like that. A baseball player that has pain for six months isn't chronic pain. It's not a pain science candidate right there. He's chronic pain because every day he hurts himself. Yeah. Right? This is not a neuromodulation or something there. This is literally that he's overloading his body. Like picking the scab off every day. That's exactly right. It's a little bit every day. Yeah. You know what the worst thing that baseball players can do in season? This tells you a lot. What is that? Take a day off from throwing. Mm. The second you take a day off from throwing, your body starts healing. And then you go to throw the next day, and oh boy, does it feel bad, right? So the yeah. first like week or two of the off season, everybody feels terrible because uh-huh. it's like you you know throw throwing puts a lot of stress on the body, it stretches out like your arm a little bit, right? You get yeah. a little more mobility. The second your body starts trying to tighten that back up and kind of like heal itself back up, and you go throw on that again, yeah. it's like starting over. Yeah. You know, so it's it's counterintuitive, right? But you know, you got to understand the stress is the body. It's all about our capacity. Mm-hmm. There's some things you could do that decrease your capacity, and there's some things that you can do that that add the the speed of the reduction of your capacity. Does that make sense? Yeah. So would you say that's across the board in baseball, or specifically to pitchers? I, I well, it's 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 I'd say it's across. I think it's across the board in humans, uh-huh. right? Just to, an to be overhead, honest with you, an overhead athlete in general. Everything is sitting bad for you. No, I don't think sitting's bad for you at all. Not doing anything but sitting, I think, is the real problem, right? Yeah. So I have that article. I see, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tell everyone, hey, look, sitting's not the new smoking. Sitting mm-hmm. does not cause cancer. Sitting is not bad for you. It's doing nothing but sitting that's yeah. bad for you. It's the lack of variability, the lack of moving your body in the other direction. You know, and I, I the think that's the key. Aspect, that's yeah. right. It's just just doing nothing but sitting. Mm-hmm. If you reverse your posture and you work on some posterior chain and extension-based stuff, I think you're going to be able to tolerate your sitting much better. Right. You know, your body just adapts to the stress applied. You know, we know that with Wolf's law. We know that yeah. with the way bones and collagen form and stuff like that. It's 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 the same process mm-hmm. on a kind of a microscopic level. Mm-hmm. So going back to the slap tear. Uh, comment. You said <laughs> you said some some baseball players need it. So an eighty if it's eighty percent, that's like an that's an astounding that's passing that's, that's on all of any them. kind of test right. in life is eighty percent you right. need and it's passing. If it's if it's everyone, kind of like osteoarthritis or degenerative joint disease, if everyone has it, should it be considered a pathology or an adaptation that's exactly right and I, I think you're right that's why we don't well I'll, I'll answer that by saying we don't treat the slap so I, I, I I'm agreeing well I don't, you didn't make a point but I know what you were getting at but I'm agreeing though like yeah we're not treating the slap so it's not a pathology it's just an adaptation for that person yeah you know now it can become pathological Right, so I've done serial MRIs on baseball players over their careers, and you see slap tears start to grow. Mm-hmm. Right, so okay, 80% have one, but that doesn't mean you have a huge one. 
And over time, as that gets bigger and bigger, your ability to dynamically stabilize is going to be harder because your static stabilizers are really crappy, right? Yeah. And they're getting worse and worse each year. So your dynamic stabilizers have to do more, and eventually that is going to tip out of balance, yeah. right? So you see what I mean? It's like it's, it's about capacity of that thing, and it's, it's about the you know the you know the the, the things that happen intra-season, right? And that's an athlete, right? But even just like you, like look, if you you just you want to be an adult that sits all day you're an attorney or something like that all these concepts apply you know you just have to talk about their different capacities like sitting all day for 12 years and then deciding that i think i'm going to join a softball league right which is what most humans do right yeah. most americans do we we do, we do that then they run into problems right so that's where it gets blurry right like there's you know you know the internet right now is, is huge everyone wants to you know, start talking about, you know, pain science and all these concepts with that. And to me, it's more functional capacity yeah. than how we're handling that pain. It's, you know, it's, 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 to me, it's, a, it's, it, you have to blend those two together. Mm -hmm. Somebody that's had back pain for five, six, seven years, okay, that's a different conversation. But somebody that literally just played hoops over the weekend and their knee's sore, I think it's a capacity issue. Yeah. I think... So I, I haven't worked much with baseball players, but I played baseball as a kid. So, I mean, I know the, the psychology of a baseball player to some degree, right. the working knowledge, you know. <laughs> and I think where pain science would, would be more associative with a baseball player is if they're, if they're, like, in high school, they want to go to college, they're on that cusp, and they start to have shoulder pain their senior year while they're getting scouted, and they go get an MRI, and it's like, oh... Right. You have a slap tear. Like, right. what does that do? What is that going to do to the psyche of a of a youth athlete? Right. Or even a collegiate athlete. No, no doubt. Or pro so, athlete. I mean, that's yeah. you don't want to hear that news, right? That's so. How do you think? How do you think that should be presented in a better way? Just like what we said, the fr we take a huge step back. We mm -hmm. say, throwing a baseball is bad for you, right? So it's super fast at extreme ranges of motion with tremendous amounts of force, yeah. right? So there's so much stress going on in the body. We know, like, the force on, like, for example, like your Tommy John ligament, your UCL and your elbow, the force of one pitch exceeds the tensile strength of the UCL, right? Now, don't get me wrong. That's in a cadaver, right? Yeah. Cadavers don't do a good job dynamically stabilizing, right? Because right? they're, they're kind of dead, <laughs> yeah. right? So Very dead. <laughs> yeah, they're very dead. <laughs> you can't get any more dead than a yeah. cadaver, right? So there, we know that the pitch is almost that maximal failure rate mm -hmm. for, for, a, for a ligament. So throwing a ball is bad for you, and a lot of people have these issues. Your issue isn't the slap tear. It's that you can't control the slap tear. Mm -hmm. It's not in your head. We don't need to talk about that crap either, right? It's not that the pain's in your head. Well, the, pain's, the pain's very much a part of pitching, right? But it's about, look, you're not doing a good job like managing the stress, right? You're losing mobility. You're losing strength. You're getting some fatigue in the muscles, and you can't biomechanically function your joint the way it needs to be. Yeah. You see how we blend the two a little bit together? So yeah. it's the pain science aspect of it is telling them not to worry about the pathology on the MRI. That's not the real issue. But I think it would be doing a disservice to them if I said, you know, that, you know, don't worry about the pain in general. We're like, no, no, we have to, you know, we have to, we have to put all this together. Yeah. So it's, a, it's how you put it together. There's a big difference between orthopedics and sports medicine. Right. In sports medicine, my job is to get them to play tonight, mm -hmm. right? I will ultrasound them. I will put a hot pack on them. I will rub magic sticks on them, right? Anything I can with chicken bones to, to, <laughs> to get them to play tonight, yeah. that's my job, right? Now, our narratives can be fixed, right? And I think that's a big educational thing 
thing that we're getting better at here is don't say these chicken bones are going to heal your ligament. Yeah. Right? You're just going to say, like, look, no. Remember step one. We talked about this months ago. Throwing a baseball is bad for you. Right. So you're even doing it, right? So we got it. It's bad for you. So yeah. that we know that's bad for you. This is just going to get you to tolerate this a little bit better yeah. and hopefully reduce your your slope of your graph on, you know, how far you're 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 going to your end capacity. Mm-hmm. You want to add capacity to it. Yeah. You know, and that's how, that's how we put that together. I think that's important right now because people that don't do sports medicine, I think are getting this confused. Yeah. We, do we have a time for one more question? Let's do it, yeah. Uh, so I was talking to Dan before this. Dan Pope. Dan Pope. Fitnesspainfree.com. Yep. Yeah, he's Dropped good. the plug. We already, we already <laughs> dropped all the plugs. So. Right. Um, I do CrossFit as well. Nice. I've been a coach for a while. Having that baseball and sports background and then going into lacrosse in high school, um, it, and then going into CrossFit and then going into PT school, I looked at all of these things in PT through the lens of, like, activity and, like, close pack shoulder like right. that's a snatch like I, I would asso- <laughs> like, I associate things you know <laughs> right. so if and Dan and I were talking about how CrossFit isn't inherently safe but neither is any other physical activity or sport completely agree so as long as we're on the same page with that like what would you say um, is is the difference is is there any difference take our whole conversation we just had about baseball and we talked yeah. to about we'll, we'll just use the snatch right most people in crossfit crossfit get hurt from snatching right because they have been going to planet fitness for six months and yeah. riding and literally like eating a slice of pizza while they're on the bike yeah right and then they're like you pizza. know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna try crossfit tomorrow yeah and what do they do on their first wad they do a snatch yeah and like oh man you're you're just not ready for that your capacity for that mm-hmm. isn't there a strap a snatch it's stressful. Yeah. It's more stressful than uh, an overhead press. Yeah. Right? It's more stressful than a front squat, right? You start thinking like you can come up with like this hierarchy of stress for the shoulder, right? So it's more stressful for that because you're adding load at end range with high velocity. Mm-hmm. We just said that with baseball. Yeah. Right? You're loading at high velocity at end range. You do that past the point of fatigue and you pass your functional capacity to be able to stand that, right. you're gonna start getting pathology. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, this is like, you know, is this pain science? Is this sports medicine? Is this biomechanics? How do you put that together? But look, if somebody keeps hurting their shoulder, it's because they're they're still snatching. Yeah. Right? It's not a pain science conversation anymore. It's not that their treatments are failing. It's that their workload has not been adjusted and they're exceeding their capacity. To build them back up. You've got to get them for that. And some people may not be ready for that. Yeah. Look, you, everyone can snatch. Right, just as an example. But just realize that if you have, like, let's just throw a few garbage things out there, but poor T-spine extension, you have poor shoulder overhead mobility, right? You're still going to snatch, your body's gonna take the path of least resistance, you're gonna probably compensate, and you're gonna put more stress on it than somebody that has all those things right, right. right? That has good T-spine mobility, good shoulder strength and stability, good overhead mobility. You're gonna have put more stress on it. You can both still do it. I would never tell you not to snatch. But we just say like, all right, look, if you want to snatch today, this weekend, right, then we really have to limit your workload. We have to right. limit either your loading, your frequency, your volume, you know, something. We have to limit that because we can't change the speed or you're not going to get the bar overhead. And we can't change the, you know, <laughs> you smiled on that, right? That's you not going to work. You can't snatch slow. You can't snatch. It doesn't work. So you can't change the speed and you can't change end range. Yeah. Right? So, all right, let's change volume, frequency, and load. Right. And then continue to do it. And let's see if that works and you get out of your pain. Mm-hmm. 
right? If that doesn't work, then we do have to work on your body. Right. We have to work on your body now being able to tolerate that stress a little bit more, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's, it's again, it's putting it all back together, but if this person is, has chronic pain in their shoulder for a year, it's not necessarily pain science thing. It's that they continue to hurt themselves three times a week, four right. times a week, five times a week. And it's, it's, we have to put all that together. We can't go too far on one end. It's not 100% biomechanical and you can't say it's all pain science and that though this chronic pain, we gotta, you know, stop yeah. ultrasounding. Well, no, 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 that's a complete moot point with this person, right? It's, their problem is they're snatching, mm-hmm. you know, and they, and they don't have the capacity to snatch. Right, but you can't, you gotta stay kinda in the middle of the road. Exactly. Because if someone really loves job. snatching and going to CrossFit and you just say, nope, never snatch again, right? it's going to have all of those other Yeah, that'll be factors. the last visit with that person and yeah. then go find somebody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, they're coming to you to snatch again. Mm-hmm. You have to help them snatch again. Yeah. So physically help them snatch again and probably more than anything else, workload management to get them back to snatching. Right. And then, look, we'll, we'll get there. But, like, look, you're an attorney, right? You sit at your desk all day and, and you have a high-stress job. Last thing you want to do is rush into traffic, sitting the whole time, park in the gym. You're two minutes late to the class. Get in there and just start snatching. Yeah. Right. And that's what's happening. Yeah. Right. So you know, I think we can do a better job with that and say, like, look, if you can't make that adjustment, then you know you're you're going to continue to hurt yourself. Snatching. Yeah. All right. Well, wrapping up. Where can people <laughs> find you? Uh, well, I'm easy to find. I have kind of like a nice central hub. It's just my website. It's my name. It's just MikeReinald.com. Uh, tons of content. We've uh, been putting blog posts and podcasts on there for uh, a decade. This is my 10th year, actually. i gotta, I got to plan something for the you fall. Need a cake. I know. I hadn't like... I kind of forgot until we just talked about this. Yeah. So we got to talk about it. It's like 10 years of like probably, you know, at least once, but two to three times a week for 10 years. Been consistent content on there. So um, on there, you find my social media profiles. I'm everywhere. I'm easy to find. Um, but, you know, we have a ton of educational content because we're just trying to we're trying to get people to understand this. Like, I'm the middle ground guy. I'm the guy that's, you know, with, I have 20 years experience right now. So I know, you know, the people on the Internet right now that are, like, being so excessive with one opinion are going to regret that opinion because they're going to – their opinion is going to change. And it better change. If it doesn't change, they're not growing. Yeah. Right. So for me, you can see that over 20 years of, you know, I've, I've changed my opinion as we've learned as new reachers come out or new experiences have happened for me. Like we continue to adapt. And I think that's the biggest thing you can get from my educational material is that you can see this evolution and you can see this and, you know, try to put that together. I think that's the best way for our profession. Right. Yeah. Now. And it's OK to admit that you're wrong. Uh, if yeah. something new comes I've, out. I've been, yeah, I've been wrong quite a bit. If you don't, here's the real problem, right? If you're so adamant in one direction and one side of a bell curve, mm-hmm. you're going to actually spend the rest of your career defending that position right. instead of having an open mind that, oh, maybe I was wrong about that. So yeah. that's my biggest advice. But, yeah, MikeReinald.com, tons of stuff. I mean, it's a ton. Awesome. Enjoy. Awesome. Thanks, William. No, I yeah. appreciate you for having me, man. This was yeah. awesome, and good luck with this uh, endeavor, man. It sounds yeah. pretty cool. Thanks for having me at Champion. Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for the interview. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us for more content on Instagram and Facebook at The Alinea Collective and our website, TheAlineaCollective.com. Additional platforms you can download the podcast include iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, or wherever else you get your podcasts. New episodes dropping weekly.